Hi, and welcome to the Miseducation of the SLP. I'm one of your hosts, Ingrid. And I'm your other host, Ashanti. And we have returned for episode three of this lovely, lovely discussion about the experience for SLPs moving into the, you know, the buzz years of between three, five, seven-ish, you know, that sweet spot when we start to move outside of that sensation of imposter to that sensation of, oh, I got this. You know what I mean? (laughs) In our previous episode, I had the joy of being able to kind of explain and express my experiences through the profession. And on this episode, we are now going to be diving into Miss Ashanti's business. <laughs> on the chaos that that has been my career. <laughs> oh, chaos, girl. Let well, me just go ahead and open up this wine and get ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but really, like, your journey has been a really interesting one. I mean, from the time that we were doing our um, externships in college, Yes. All the way up and through where now you're working in the setting you're in. I am so ready for this tea. So by all <laughs> means, Mr. Shanti, take it away. Let's hear it. How Buck- was how was it for you? Buckle up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so after graduation, I remained at that private clinic where we uh, had worked together. And things were things there. It was it was an interesting learning experience. That's what we should call it. Um, I'm not sure that any other SL new SLP will experience this, but there were a lot of things going on that were not ideal. Um, you know, contracts changing, um, things being promised that weren't being given. So. All of that led me to finally make the decision to, I'm just going to jump ship. I'm going to go be a contractor and do travel work. Um, so I transitioned. I love how you, I loved how you glazed over that. Like there's not details. <laughs> lots it's just of like, details. Lots of it's details. so PC right now. Like, you know, that lady was shady. You know, she was shady. Like You know how I operate though. I always keep things very, you know. Let's, let's keep it very peaceful. Let's not mudsling. Um, the the thing I will say is just, you know, if it smells like doo-doo, it's probably doo-doo. So, so leave that place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> it was smelling like doo-doo for so long. And it took me a while. And, and really, you know, the biggest thing that kept me there was obviously the kids, you know, the children that I was working with. And, but that is what, um, they prey on when, you know, when you have somebody that's not running a business in the best Mm. manner, you know, they Mm. count on you having a big heart and, and putting the needs of your clientele, the needs of the children first. And so So you felt in the early part of your career, like mm -hmm. you needed to be almost, self-protective of other SLPs that were actually being almost predatory towards your professionalism and your loyalty to your... Yes, that's a really good way to put it, predatory. Um, You know, the fact that it was, you know, hey, hey guys, let's have a meeting. We're having this meeting. We're going to sign this contract. And in that contract, it said, this is your hourly wage. This is what you're doing, how we're working. This is, you know, the contract. 
Um, this is what's the expectations. And then not even a week later, another con- another meeting was being held and another contract presented where we were getting less. And then another, you know, two weeks passed and the contract changed. Well, the business isn't doing so hot or this is, you know, there's changes in Medicaid and this billing and that billing. And so we have to, we have to alter the contract again. And it, it was just, it's just like you said, it was very, very much predatory. And she was counting on everyone, not just myself, but um, PTs and OTs as well, that just, we had really huge hearts for the kids that we were working with. And, you know, no one really wanted to just leave. So side note, I'm not sure if you can hear my dog whining, but I apologize for that <laughs> extra um, noise in the background. Um, it's so real yeah, he's, he's just being like, mom, he wants pets. He's like, you have a free hand to pet me now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just the way you said it. it's predatory. Um, they prey on the big heart and, and just, they know that it's going to take you a while to leave. So, you know, I guess golden nugget number one for this episode is if, like I said, if it smells like doo-doo, it is doo-doo and, and you got to go. You have to protect you yourself, your livelihood, your license, and go where they're going to pay you what you need to be paid. So that threw me into, as I had segued earlier, that threw me into um, travel contract work, which uh, this was now year three uh, outside of graduation. And I threw myself into the skilled nursing facilities like... Man, I jumped into the deep end. I didn't even put a swim cap on my afro. It was just, I just jumped in. <laughs> I went for it. And thank God I had another very well, you know, seasoned SLP that was working there already to collaborate with. And she took me under her wing, showed me the ropes. I mean, she was just the best. Her, her first name is Amy. I, I, I can't remember her last name. I probably have her contact info on my phone. But um, yeah, that was... That was an interesting jump. I went from um, playing with lots, not playing, but, you know, utilizing lots of toys and different manipulatives that are aimed at preschoolers or elementary school children to working with the geriatric um, population. Um, I remember my very first day, um, they placed this um, one lady on my caseload. And when I went in to see her, (laughs) she... Oh God, I'm so sorry. She she holds her hands up at me because she thought I was a CNA. I said, no, no, you know, I'm the SLP. I'll, I'll be seeing you today. And she said, well, I don't know where this um, this pudding came from. I've got chocolate pudding all over my hands. Oh, and, oh, and, oh and, no. There you go. It took you a second. It was not chocolate pudding, y'all. It was, and, <laughs> and I'm just looking around. Like, where does, where's the pudding? Ma'am. And Ma'am. when, when like it hit me, the smell finally hit. And I was like, oh, I am in another world. I am in another world. This is, this is, you know, I did a few hours in the skilled nursing setting to, you know, to accumulate the hours I needed for graduation, but it wasn't like this. So <laughs> I can't imagine. It, I can't imagine. It was a code brown and I, <laughs> I, I had never code brown before. So 
you know, I now, kept my cool. I, I, was I was accustomed to Code Brown. So I'm yeah. like, you jumping from one environment to the new one and you walk in on one of your, you know, first experiences and you're like, oh. Oh, okay. that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, okay. it was it was quite quite the experience. But um, again, like I said, I, I had a, a colleague that was just the best, and she took me under her wing, gave me all the training and just all the tips and tricks. And um, it it didn't take me too long to get comfortable in that setting. Uh, but I did um, I did have to do a lot of reviewing, and you know, you know, speechpathology.com became my best friend. And just trying to review all the information that I had learned briefly and putting it into practice. So that's another thing, I guess, you know, golden nugget number two for this episode is, um, you know, don't be scared to go back to the materials that you learned or the books that you have or, you know, anything that you can reach for to make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable and at ease in your in your new works workspace. So, I mean, um, for most SLPs, they are, I mean, we, we're all pretty intense about, I don't know anything, so we're going to go study I'm going to go, yes, I'm going to go Google this and then read up on it and then find the, the journals on it and, because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you got to go all, beyond Google. You got to go beyond Google. We are all A plus, plus, plus types of women that just, and, you know, don't want to neglect the men, but it's just high achieving elements here. So right, right. definitely circumstances where I feel like if we're out of our depth as a discipline, we would, you know, use resources. You just have to know the right resources and how to use those resources. Right. But, and, and how to implement them appropriately. So, so yeah, that, you know, that very first um, travel contract. I was driving two hours from my house to the facility and driving two hours home. Um, that's how oh, badly, wow. that's how badly I wanted to a switch. I wanted a change and I wanted to make better money. Um, and of course I kept in mind that it was a 13 week contract. So it was a means to an end, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting my foot in the door, I'm getting my feet wet, I'm getting this experience, and then I'm going to find a contract closer to home. Um, so, you know, fast forward to that contract ending and, you know, my time with my colleague Amy was done and she just, I mean, God bless her. She was just throwing at me all sorts of stuff that she could, that she could find before I left. I mean, even to the very last day, hey, check out this resource and check out this book or I have, you know, I have this book and I don't use it anymore. Take it with you. She was wonderful. So now I secured a contract um, a little bit closer to home. So I was only driving about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, which that that 45 minutes of not driving was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I felt like I had so much time in my day. But anyhow, I get to this facility and when I walk in, the the rehab manager is like having a mental breakdown. And this is my first time ever meeting her. So I walk in and I'm like, you know, I introduce myself and just trying to get the lay of the land. And she is full-blown, hyperventilating, panic attack, just red-faced. I mean, it's not the whole nine, Ingrid. It was it was bad. And wow. I'm thinking, I wow. went from, I just finished this contract two hours away, and this facility had chandeliers. I mean, this facility was noise. I mean, <laughs> that's <if we> had <laughs> it. This is noise. Like, you know, roaches are nothing. <laughs> and then I come to this other place, 
And this lady's having a full-blown panic attack. I mean, mm. there's paint, the paint's peeling off the walls. It was night and day. The difference between the two places was crazy. Mm. But she sat me down after she, you know, got herself together a bit and was like, hey, I need you to go through all this paperwork and just sign off on all this stuff. Literally, I just walked in like, you know, 30 minutes ago and you're showing me this place and the stuff. And now you want me to sit down at this computer and sign off and complete things that I didn't initiate. So I'm looking at it. And some of it was a month old. I mean, an eval had been opened up a month before I got there and she wanted me to just wow. sign, finish it and sign it. And I had never seen the patient. Wow. So I got, again, I got that icky feeling. It was smelling like doo-doo. And I'm like, Mm-mm, this is doo-doo. I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, you can get into a lot of trouble signing off on stuff that wasn't you and yes, it does take a very long time for things to get audited and, and you know, for paperwork to be scrutinized in that manner. But I was just like, I don't feel right. So I called my contract company and I was like, hey, listen, here's the deal. Shh, I know, right, Bruno? I know. You hear him whining. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Here's what I walked into. I don't feel comfortable with this. And they were like, okay. Thank you for letting us know. We're actually going to remove them from, you know, our um, our list of facilities that we do contracts with, and um, give us a give us a couple days, and we'll find you a new contract. So then they gave me the option if I wanted to continue um, working there, to you know, obviously make some money in the meantime, and and I did, you know, I just let the manager know I'm not signing any of that. So if you want me to do treatments and, and go ahead and start meeting with my patients, I will, but I'm, I'm not signing off on all this stuff. It's, it's not, it's not fair to me and I, it just doesn't feel right. So that's another lesson. If it doesn't feel right, if you're uncomfortable with it, you know, you got to speak up. You can't just, you know, stay quiet about it. Um, she obviously was not the happiest with me, but she understood, you know, that I just, wasn't going to willy-nilly sign off on all these things. Um, and I did kind of give her the forewarning, like, hey, they're, I'm letting you know so that you guys can look for someone else. But as soon as my company finds me another contract, I'm, I'm out of here because this, this is really uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to say that. I could have just left, but that's not my style. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge learning curve in the other direction you know um the first facility taught me a lot the second facility taught me even more (laughs) (laughs) even though i wasn't there very long Mm -hmm. um so yeah the that was that was interesting that added to my resume as well in that you know i had pediatric and geriatric um experience on there um then finally, it was time for us to move. At the time I was married, he was, he was in the military. And that got very interesting because it's, it's kind of tough when you don't know where you're going to end up to plan for licensure, to plan where you're going to live, to plan where you're going to work. So, you know, that's another reason or one of the reasons I would call, you know, the beginning of my career pretty chaotic. Um, but... I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a speech language pathologist is that the scope of practice is pretty big in that you can 
do something here, do one thing here, and then in another state do another thing, and then in, in another place do another thing. You just have to be comfortable enough to go for it, to give yourself the opportunity to, to have all those different experiences. How did you feel about transitioning to a setting that technically you had been out of lockstep with for, you know, the first early portion of your career, like three years, right? Or two, you hadn't really been working with the geriatric population and now you're jumping into it. What would you advise for people, especially if they don't have another SLP to support them in that? Like, what what do you think is a way to navigate that? I think you just have to give yourself the opportunity to do it. You, you have to believe in the training and the schooling that you've completed. I learned about it. I knew about some of it. You know, you're obviously not going to know everything about every single disease, every single, you know, communication thing, disorder, whatever. But if you, if you're so scared that you don't even try, then you, you know, you can't learn. Yeah, but we have to really evaluate this in the sense of most geriatric environments are going to throw you into dysphagia intervention off yes. risk. Yes. So when you're thinking about dysphagia, which is really something that we're all really careful about in our profession in a way that sometimes I think it's overly cautious because mm-hmm. I still see them honey thickened liquids being rolled out <laughs> and I'm like, ma'am, sir, what are you yes. recommending right now? Like it's too thick, but how do you how do you navigate that like you're coming into this environment you're not necessarily you know gangster at bedsides and bedsides are difficult anyway to kind of mm-hmm. see an objective swallow so how how do you recommend for somebody who wants to get out of what they're in for their early part of their career and now they're you know they're professional they're on it but they transition to some a new setting that's new to them you know how do you how do you manage that well it's just like you said you spend a lot of time being overly cautious you spend tons Mm. of time being overly cautious recommending the honey thickened and putting consistency and just after after a while at least for me I would look at these things and say there's no way this person's going to be able to swallow this junk there's no way they're better off, you know, just doing water, the free water protocol or this or that or the other. And it's just a matter of trial and error, um, being as cautious as you can, because ultimately when it comes to swallowing, that's something that can really impact their overall health. Um, you can't just jump in and, and think that you're going to have it down, have it, you know, be a, 100% professional at it, not professional, I should say, but, you know, 100% confident um, at these diet changes. But you have to believe in what you've learned, revisit the information, retrain yourself, and just go for it. Is that how you felt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I at first didn't have too, too many um, patients that needed altered um, diets. But when they came, man, was I nervous. Mm. Man, was I nervous. How did you handle that? You know, I, 
again, I was very lucky in that I always had at least one other SLP, at least. Um, and uh, and one of the big things that I did for myself was I kept in touch with, with Amy, with um, my colleague from the very first facility I worked at. And I would ask her questions. Hey, I have this case. This is what they're presenting with. You know, obviously not giving names, just, you know, this is this is the scenario. Uh, this well, is what I know, I'm going to do. I, I do Am I in the right... Using- yeah, uh-huh. I do register you using your resources. Right. We've talked about using resources. I'm asking you how you dealt with your feelings. <laughs> you bear you're in, down. <laughs> when you're in front of the patient, you don't have your resources right there. You're so, just doing, you're just in there doing the swallow study and you're just like, I guess I'm supposed to get something out of this and make a recommendation. Is yeah. Point. How did in you the, do that? In the wise words of Elsa, conceal, don't feel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you just, you have to just go for it, you know, and that's, that's a thing that's going to be different from person to person. You know, if some, if, if a person is just super timid and just never goes for it, then they're not going to grow. Um, for me, I would, I would go in, I would do it scared. I would be really nervous and super duper cautious about everything, but I went ahead and did it. Because ultimately, I'm the one that went to school for this. I'm the one that has the training in this, albeit not that much training or not that much experience. Because I, you know, I started off with pediatrics, but this is this is what I'm here to do. I'm going to do it, and that that's just the the kind of the attitude that I took. Um, to Bruno move forward. Bruno sounds really anxious about that. He. <laughs> you like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> No, he's like, you want to scratch my other ear now? That's what he's saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an interesting approach. I mean, I've always, you know, considered that in general when SLPs are kind of approached with a novel thing, there is this sense of like anxiety or concern or, um, you know, just, yes, that. You know, what Bruno just said. And in that feeling, in that feeling that we're getting, you know, how do you actually educate the the patient about that whole thing? Now, I knew my approach, but I'm interested in how others kind of handle those novel places where you're like, oh, this is new for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm walking into this environment fully confident that I can do this care. I did some research even before I started the job because I knew I was going to get this job. Mm -hmm. But now I'm here in this job and I'm looking at this patient and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to make it work. Yes. Um, You also sometimes have to, and I don't want to, the word that comes to mind is battle, but it should not be a battle. And maybe that's not the right word to use, but sometimes you have to battle against the nursing staff because especially in that realm of diet upgrades and downgrades, the nursing staff, oh, oh, no, 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 this person needs honey thickened. And you're just like, so are you going to do the speech job or am I? Because that's my realm. That's that's my wheelhouse. And this is what I'm recommending as as the person with the certification, as the person with the, the degree. Um, and it's not to say that you'll battle everywhere you go with nursing staff on, on stuff like that, but it might happen and you've got to 
you've got to go in with the confidence in you are the professional in what you do. You're the one that has the expertise in what you do. Mm. 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 <laughs> Louder for those in the back. <laughs> now, I don't step on it uh, where we have overlap because in general, nursing does overlap with speech. Speech overlaps with OT. Absolutely. OT overlaps with PT. So in the sense of keeping patients safe and needing to do things, nurses do have the ability to continue to downgrade. They cannot upgrade, but they do have the clinical education enough, even if it's on the surface or light, to recommend a downgrade for a patient. So whenever having those conversations, respecting and understanding where our spaces kind of overlap and having those conscious, those, those aware, like uh, conscious conversations where you're like, listen, I know our goal is to just maintain the safety of the patients. And, you know, ultimately there might be something I'm missing that you mm -hmm. might be seeing and having a collaborative discussion is really an important thing, depending on the nurse or depending on that other professional you're talking to, because you might get some really nasty ones that make you feel mm. like you have to defend yourself. Right. It's been, it's been an experience with teachers from some of my SLP friends that say that teachers seem to overstep. Yes. yes. You know, the same with, um, uh, nurses, like you explained, like there's always these spaces depending on the professional and how they handle these collaborative spaces. So I do consider take care when it comes to puffing up your chest and just shoving in how much of an expert you are in an area when, you know, there's more to a story than we can really see because we see the patient for maybe an hour mm -hmm. and that nurse is on their care for 12 or, you know, that classroom, that teacher's with that student for eight, nine. So there's different areas of strengths that we have in comparison to our other, you know, support educators and, and professionals. So I've, I've grown to be, especially now that I'm not necessarily doing clinical practice, a little bit more gentle about my need to be like, well, I'm the SLP in the room, <laughs> but I will do that all day and every day to a doctor. Don't get me wrong. It's not because I don't, um, I don't respect doctors. It's because I really do feel like sometimes doctors just leave us a little bit unseen. So I do mm -hmm. get a little bit in my chest. I say it, I'm like, I'm a speech therapist. You know what I mean? I get up in my, yeah. I get up in the chest with it. Cause I, I really want us to be a respected profession for what we know, what we know and what we do for the patients, even in the years that are relatively new when we're first out of graduate school, all the way up and through, you know, those three to five year spans. So, you know, ultimately Ashanti didn't really get into her seasoned, even seasoned sensation at three to five years because she had been jumping into an entirely yep. different setting. Yeah. So it's almost like starting back over. Yes, that's exactly what it felt like. I'm, you know, here I am in this realm that I didn't spend a lot of time in and I just have to make it work because this is what's, this is what's bringing home money. This is how I'm going to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, eventually I did move out of the state and uh, end up doing a, a school system um, contract. And 
then moved again to another state and went back to the skilled nursing setting. So um, it was a good jump for me in that I had both and I eventually felt comfortable in both arenas. Um, but you know me, my heart of heart is, is always with the kids and I'm a big kid at heart. So that's, that's where I not only feel most comfortable, but enjoy it the most. And that's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful that, you know, have identified and appreciate where you land, Mm -hmm. um, in your professional passion. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody knows that. That's true. Just, you know, if you don't know it, have the confidence to, to give something else a try to see, you know, give yourself the opportunity to, to experience something else and see if you want to jump into the other areas of the profession. Right, right. Well, guys, we have listened to Ashanti's story and her little doo-doo. <laughs> if it smells like doo-doo <laughs> was just stinking up the career y'all mm. was just stinking up the career and we need to be aware that that's also part of the experience also mm-hmm. that it ain't just all roses that we it's got a little not. Fer- we got it's some fertilizer up in there that's <laughs> causing some tra- challenges yep. um but on that note we will go ahead and leave you with the rest of your day in true corporate dismissal format <laughs> But this time we'll keep it low key. Um, feel free to email us at miseducatedslp at gmail. You can reach out to us on IG or Facebook at the Miseducated SLP. Um, so by all means, reach out, kind of keep us on our toes. Let us know anything that you may be thinking or feeling about what we're sharing with you. Again, we just want to be an accessible resource to give you an understanding as to what this career can look like in full picture. Ashanti? Yeah, I'm still here. Did you have <laughs> anything you wanted to add, my dear? Um, No, not really. Okay, not then, really. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just have the confidence to, to do what you know you can do. Don't let, don't let the um, imposter syndrome take over. Mm, I love that. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you for joining us once again. And until next time, bye. See you later.